Awesome. Yo, super, super cool. I just want to re-emphasize uh, just that song that we're singing. And I've, I've struggled in the past to really sing that song and actually mean it. Because um, as, we, as we sing these songs, there's something in our hearts uh, that actually needs to transform. There's something in our hearts that really needs to change. So as we sing, Lord, set, set a fire in my heart that I can't contain or control. I'm, I'm actually thinking about a real tangible fire in my heart that I can't contain and can't control. I mean, um, if I were to put a fire in someone's heart right now, it would be crazy. Like, you wouldn't be able to contain. You wouldn't be able to walk. You wouldn't be able to, to do anything. Um, so I'm actually really trusting that the Lord would come and do that in our hearts, uh, that when we live for Him, there's, there's actually a true reflection of that in how we live. Um, and I think, yo, it's so cool, just uh, some of the words that have, that have come out, really just linking in. And um, I'm just so encouraged that um, it's, it's, it's not one person who can build this thing. It's not one person who can hear the Lord's heart, but hearing so many people just linking in and almost saying um, yeah, something very, very similar is yeah, such a privilege, actually. So, yeah, I'm going to introduce myself formally now. Um, I'm Nikon Katani. I am originally from Johannesburg, uh, yeah, born and bred, as people say. Um, I later went to high school in PE, uh, where, where I boarded and was yeah, really such an impactful time in my life. Um, yeah, really felt like I found the Lord there. I'd grown up in a Christian home, um, but there's really just something of taking hold of, of the kingdom in my life. Uh, as I went to high school, got plugged into a church called Oxygen Life, also a 412 church there. Um, and yeah, I'm just so grateful for yeah, even the guys that I went to school with who really love the Lord, who really, really love the Lord. And um, there's something that I really imparted um, through that. And I think yeah, so many of us stand on the testimonies of, of other people and actually the faith that they had and the, uh, the desire they had to walk, walk us through certain things. Um, awesome. So that's a bit about, about my background. And I uh, went to study in Stellenbosch. I came to study in Stellenbosch. It wasn't initially something I really wanted to do, but I think the Lord um, yeah, really, really uh, wanted, wanted me to do that just in... Um, how everything worked out. Um, and yeah, I've been in the Stellenbosch PM congregation. Uh, I think we've been running for over two years now, which is incredible. Uh, we planted out of Stellenbosch AM. Um, I've got the privilege of, of serving as a deacon there. So yeah, it's been you know, really just amazing just to see what the Lord has done. Um, awesome. Cool. So uh, a couple of months ago, I think it was in December or November, uh, I'd been reading through the book of Acts. And, yo, guys, um, I, I've read this a number of times, and I, I think this one time it really just stuck out. And I'll just give you a, a context a bit later of, of why I say this specifically. Um, but if, if we can just move to, to Acts 4, verse 8 to 12, uh, this is just a bit of the context. So Peter and John, uh, the early church, had just been birthed, and things were happening. Uh, people had you know, really been transformed by by Jesus, ultimately. The Spirit was moving, um, and yeah, people weren't, weren't their own anymore. Uh, they'd really decided to, to follow Jesus. And again, uh, yeah, this thing of a fire in their hearts that couldn't be contained or controlled. Uh, so Peter and John had healed a man who'd been uh, sick his entire life. He'd, he'd been crippled his entire life, and they actually had to give an account for it. And uh, I think in, in Acts 4 verse 8, if, if you can have it there, uh, it says, Then Peter, full with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, 
If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you all. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is a salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Cool. Uh, I'll go into Acts, Acts 13 a bit later, but I think there are a few things that really stick out. Is this was crazy almost to say some of the things that they were saying in so much boldness. Um, and, and the significance of, of, of the scripture, Acts 4.13, is, I'll just put it up there quickly and I, I'm going to read it. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. And I, I, I just really love this, is um, that they were ordinary men. They weren't, they weren't important men by any, um, oh, by any standard, actually. And they were able to do this with so much, so much boldness, with you know, just the possibility of getting so much trouble, but they didn't care because there was something in their hearts they couldn't contain, they couldn't control. And by the Spirit, uh, they were able to do that. And I just love how, how it emphasizes that they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Um, they didn't say anything about, uh, you know, they used such eloquent words or um, they were screaming or shouting or it was super loud, there was commotion. They said they had been with Jesus. Um, and there are a few things that I just want to look at uh, just in our lives. Um, yeah, all of us are average people. I think some, some more average than others. Um, but there's, there's something about someone who has been with Jesus. I, I can recall so many times just spending time with people who love the Lord. And I'm like, I just want to have, have a quiet time after this. Um, and we weren't necessarily speaking about anything spiritual. But just in spending time with them, there was something that they could impart in me uh, that reflected something of, of his heart. And again, I think this, it, it begs this question. It's like, what are we imparting from Jesus? Um, if, if we know him and if we've been saved and if we're spending time with him, there's something in our hearts that should actually reflect him. And, and that's what we're here for. We, we're ambassadors for Jesus. And the second thing I just want to focus on here is they believed Jesus and spoke in his authority. They spoke in his authority. It didn't make sense to say all these things. These are outrageous. They basically uh, were telling the guys that they had crucified Jesus. Um, and in, in, any, in any form, that doesn't make sense. It's, it's some of the most outrageous things. But because of the filling of the Holy Spirit. Peter and John didn't have an identity anymore. They were dead. Didn't make sense anymore to say anything. They were, they were dead within themselves, and that's why they could proclaim um, the gospel. Um, and then the third thing I just wanted to highlight is that they were filled, in verse 8, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, so I think sometimes we can very easily get used to doing things as Christians and almost looking Christian and I think if you've been saved for a long time, you, you kind of know what those things are. Um, but again, in, in light of eternity, and when God tests our work, it's dead. If it's not done in the Spirit, if it's not done in faith, it's dead work. So yeah, it's, it's actually completely useless. But there's something about the Spirit that changes, that changes things in the atmosphere. Um, these people changed the world. They changed the world in how... Uh, they saw Jesus and, and how they lived for him. And yeah, just again, the identities were solely found in the person of Jesus Christ. 
they were dead to self. Um, and I think there's so many examples which we can look at in scriptures where men and women completely abandoned their lives and because they counted their lives as, as, as nothing, essentially. Um, but that's only because they beheld Jesus. I think if you see Jesus through a keyhole or you choose to see Jesus through a keyhole and you, you put him into a box, I think it's very difficult to, to actually be conformed to him um, because we, we're making a Jesus that we've revealed ourselves or we've made ourselves. And I think that is why we aren't able to see some of the things um, that Jesus really wants, wants for us in our lives. Um, yeah, and, and again, I think it's, it's not an easy walk. Leonard always says that one of the promises of, of Jesus, and actually says it in the Word, is that in this, in this life you will have trial, you will have trials and tribulations. It's, it's going to be difficult to be a Christian if you do it properly. Um, I think anything that, that's really done for the Lord um, will be difficult at some point. It will cost you something. Um, and it's so worth it. And I think so much, so much of the time we focus on why it's difficult or all the troubles you'll have to endure or face. But actually, we, we focus on the wrong thing. It's, it's actually what we're gaining in knowing Jesus. Uh, the world focuses on what we're missing and can't do and, and these, these rules. But actually, for us, there's something of, of beholding Jesus that is so much better than anything else uh, this world has to offer. But because you're part of this world... And we live in this world, we, we can very easily get sidetracked. And, and for me, I think it's, it's been something that I've continuously had to die to. Um, I'll just mention that a bit later, but um, if we can have Matthew 16, verse 24 to 25. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would want to come after, after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And again, it's like, it's, it's, it's this insane thing of I need to completely die to myself in order to see um, yeah, something beautiful of Jesus. And yeah, just an example for my life, I think for the longest time I've always um, yeah, felt that I had to, to, the best, to be the best in order to be recognized. And I think yeah, kind of when I was younger, um, I remember my dad would continuously tell me uh, when he dropped me off at school is make it count. And it was a phrase I, uh, that I remember um, so, so vividly. And I think the reason why you're saying this was probably just out of love and just saying, like, go for it, run for it. Um, but in my heart, it created a performance mindset um, and saying that I'm only good if, if I work hard or if I do this super, super well. Um, and actually, that can in some way distort my, my image of Jesus because I can think, yo, if... If I'm not doing well, if I'm not jumping up in worship, if I'm not having quiet time with Jesus every single morning, um, having coffee with 20 people a week, then actually I'm missing it completely in, 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 in the Lord. Um, where actually, He wants my heart. And if my heart is re- surrendered in the right place and I'm attentive to His Spirit, He'll direct me. Um, yeah, and I think it's, it's so, so easy to, to get into that trap where we just feel, yeah, um, either performance, a performance mindset or hyper-grace mindset where we think anything goes. Um, but again, I think the thing of the Spirit is we know by the Spirit because He speaks to us. And if, we, if we're attentive to His Word, if we're attentive um, yeah, just to what He wants for us, then we're able to actually grapple uh, with, with the bigger things in our lives. 
Yeah, and, and again, this, this, it's a daily thing. I think this thing of, of me specifically, I think it's had to be a daily thing of me dying and saying, actually, I'm a son in the kingdom. I've always, there's a balance of us being slaves in the kingdom and being, and being sons. And I've always felt, you I need to be a slave in order um, to be loved or to be seen, to be recognized. But it has to be a daily thing of, yes, I'm a son. Um, but because I'm a son, I recognize the grace I've been given and the God that I serve. Um, I want to be a slave. I want to be a slave. It's not, um, it's not horrible for me to serve Jesus. Um, and another thing I recognize is in so many of our lives, I think it's different for every single person, but all of us, well, we shouldn't, but I think somet- sometimes we do have a price um, that, that we're willing to give up. Some of us struggle in a particular area, and if, for example, the devil gives you that thing, then it, it really would be uh, detrimental for your faith. Um, people who, for example, may, may chase money or um, really chase their career or chase anything of significance in this world, um, if that thing is up for sale, the devil will give it to you and um, he'll use it to turn you away from the Lord. So actually being attentive and saying, like, I know where my default is. I know where my default is and therefore I'll, I'll stand strong and make sure that um, you know, my identity is found in Jesus and nothing else nothing in this world, but it's found in Jesus. Um, and I think in some, in some situations it will be tough. Uh, I can think of a number of situations uh, where people have stood up for the truth, have stood up for the gospel, um, but it's been difficult because it's, 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 it's an upside-down kingdom. It's, it's different to uh, the world and how the world functions. Um, and I, I think it's one of those things that we have to grapple with. I think Jesus was tempted in, in every way, but he, but he didn't fall. Um, and in the same way, we'll be tempted as well. But the question is, will we really um, hold strong? Will we really um, push through and persevere for the gospel? Uh, there's, there's a script in 2 Corinthians 11. Um, and, and this is Paul's life. He, he's, he's been planting churches for, for a number of years. And this is a Corinthian church. It was quite a problematic church. Because um, it's got problematic people as, as yeah, as all churches do. Um, but I think they were really giving him a tough time. And at some point, uh, he had left. They had brought new apostles uh, into the church. And these apostles were, were basically tuning Paul, saying uh, that Paul doesn't charge uh, to preach in, in their church. And at that point in time, uh, the pedigree was that if, if you preach, uh, then you must charge the church. And Paul, Paul obviously was doing this because he loved them. He wanted to reach um, or bring the gospel to them. And um, yeah, so in, in frustration, at some point, these the super apostles, they call themselves the super apostles, um, are really speaking uh, horribly of, of, of Paul. And this is, this is his response uh, to the church. Are they Hebrews? So he's comparing himself uh, to, to these super apostles of the day. Um, it says, are they, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abram? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. I'm talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, far more countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I, I received the hands of Jews, the 40 lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. I just want to pause there, Eddie. It's like, that's horrible. That's like, I don't know what suffering is. Um, in, in contrast to that, I think some of us might really, really struggle with certain things. But I think already looking at that, I think that's, that's already something tough and something to be reckoned with. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night 
and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, danger from our own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and in hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and in thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is a daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches who is weak, and I am not weak. Who is made to fall? Am I not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. So he's vulnerable uh, at, at this stage. I think he's quite hurt, obviously. Um, but his boast is Jesus. He still chooses to say, I've done all these things. I've struggled. Um, he was a Roman. He was actually quite a solid guy in terms of pedigree. Uh, but he forsake all. He, he gave those things away uh, for the gospel. And, and even in this response, um, I think if, if you read a bit earlier, it almost seems quite sarcastic in how he responds to them. Um, but he could have very easily left the church. He could have really, really easily said, it's fine, you can go through the super apostles. Um, I'll just plant my other churches. But because you're so broken uh, for the church, for the bride, he chose to endure hardship and he chose to reflect Jesus. Um, and again, I think this, this just shows that he had... He was a dead man. Uh, there's no reason to live as he did. I think some of the things he went through are insane. Um, but he chose for the gospel because he had seen Jesus. He had experienced something of Jesus. Um, and there's nothing in his heart uh, that, he could, oh, that he could justify in saying, I've seen Jesus and therefore there has to be something that's reflected um, in that. And then I think a question we're supposed to ask ourselves is, like, are we all supposed to look like Paul? Are we all supposed to be shipwrecked without food? Um, and yeah, living, <laughs> living on the street, no. But I think in every single situation, as I've mentioned, I think there are difficult things that we have to endure. There are diffi- difficult things that we you know, have to lay down in order to see Jesus, in order to glorify the Lord. Um, and I think, again, there's a balance. Um, if, if we lay down something for the sake of laying it down and just thinking we're glorifying Jesus, that's, that's not his heart. But if he says, this is what I desire of my children, um, then we should be obedient to that. We should really be obedient uh, to what he has for us. And um, yeah, I just remember in part something someone was preaching and they was talking about um, when, we gave, when we gave our lives over to the Lord um, at some point and we said, God, you're my God. I, I give up my rights. Um, I think that's something we forget quite often is that we've given our rights over to Jesus. Um, and someone who has no rights has no mouth. Um, to retaliate, they've got no fist to retaliate, and I think that's something that the Lord's been challenging me quite a lot. Um, I think generally I I like order, um, and this part, this particular area, just in, in terms of service delivery, I really struggle with service delivery, especially in South Africa, because um, I'm paying for service. Give me a service, and don't give me attitude. Like I won't be mean, but like come on, let's 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 make this thing work. Um, but again, I need to realize that yo, what's the heart posture of Jesus? How would Jesus approach the situation? How does, how does he see things? Um, and yeah, I'd love to say that I can't get offended because there's no man here. I should be dead. I should be dead to myself. Um, yeah, and, and when we choose to lay down our lives, he can actually uh, use us to, to represent him because we're dead. We're dead to ourselves. I think so many of us um, fill ourselves up with so many different things and choose to reflect him in, in certain rooms in our house. Um, yeah, I think for some of us, we, we might 
really be surrendered in many areas of our lives, but there's always that one room that we, we're unwilling to give over. Um, and I think, to some extent, that actually hinders our, our testimony uh, because we, we're holding on to certain things, but actually, um, Jesus, Jesus is something so, so, so much better. Uh, but because, because we've got our pride, because we've got our insecurities, because we care about what people think, we can't be an accurate representation of that. Um, but what's scary is that we're going to have to give an account for that. That's really scary. We're going to have to give an account for the lives that we lived. Um, and to be honest, I think it's so much easier. Like, it sounds daunting, but if we actually look at it, practically speaking, it's so much easier to be like, I'm really struggling with this, Bruce. Can you just help me so I can reflect Jesus better? I was thinking about it earlier. I'm like, if, if I was struggling with a test in, in primary school or something and someone knew the answer or knew how to do the sum, I'd ask them how to do it so I can get my mark right. But instead, what we try and do, we try and pretend that we know it, know it all to all of our friends, um, and when the results come, well, the results hasn't come yet, um, but yeah, let's, let's be attentive of that. Is, um, everything we do should point to Jesus. So even when we speak to each other, when we encourage each other, when we speak into each other's lives, there should be something that points back to the person of Jesus. And that should be a thread in our lives. Um, I think it's so beautiful. The world talks about us not judging each other. Um, or, yeah, don't judge me. Only God can judge me. That's a very scary thing. Um, I'd rather be judged by every single one of you guys than be judged by God. Um, but having sorted everything out. Um, and I think there, there are two tests of this. But there are things that we need to recognize in our lives for us to be able to see where uh, we need change, or we need um, yeah, some sort of aligning. Um, but I think I, I can generally be quite stubborn, so I, I might not necessarily see those areas. My sister's very good at pointing those areas out, um, which is, I really appreciate that. But it's, it's super cool to see that, because we've got defaults as people. We've got defaults as people, and as we, as we have these defaults, you wouldn't be able to necessarily see these blind spots. But we must be attentive to them. We must be open to receiving correction as much as it's not fun. Um, yeah, I think the two tests would be the spirit and obviously the counsel of, of many. Uh, a question would be, are you submitted to your elders? Are you submitted to your com leaders? Are you open with your life? Um, yeah, let's just read Galatians 5, verse 22. These are the fruits of the spirit. Uh, but the fruits of the spirit is love. Do I reflect love in, in my daily life? Um, do I reflect joy? I know some people are a lot more joyous than others, but like that's the character of, of the Holy Spirit. Um, is there peace in my life? Am I patient? Uh, is there kindness? Am I kind? Goodness? Am I a faithful person? Am I gentle? Am I self-controlled? Um, and again, these are things that I think this is one of many measurements we can use to actually test um, if, if there's fruits in our lives and if Jesus is working. And if we haven't become callous to sin, I think it's so easy to become callous to sin. Because uh, you do it, you do it, you do it, possibly put it in the dark, um, and no one knows about it. Or even when you do, it's like, yeah, um, how, how does a person have any say in your life? I remember in high school, uh, there was a movie, I think it was my grade nine year, there was a movie, really dodgy movie that, uh, it was a set movie. Is it called set movie? Curriculum movie, it was a curriculum movie. And um, I remember this, this one teacher of mine, I was, it was a Dodge movie, guys, it was really bad. And I, I sat in his class and I said, there's no way, sir, excuse me, like, I, I have to leave. Um, because, yeah, I think this is, 
really interrupting the spirit. It's really hurting the spirit in my life. Um, and I asked him to leave. And three years later, I think he, he, was, he was just, oh, that's weird. Like, it's swear word or whatever. Um, but I remember three years later, he, I think I'd just finished my trick, and he came and asked me, uh, so what are you doing uh, with your life? What are you going to be studying after school? And I said, philosophy, politics, and economics. And he said, politics? You can't even sit in my class and listen to a swear word. Um, but there was something that I realized in, in that moment is that he'd remembered that from three, four years ago and that it stuck with him, that there was something in his heart where he's like, okay, that's a bit weird. That's uh, counter, counter, uh, cultural, thank you. We are priest of, priesthood of believers. Um, yeah, and he, I don't think he recognized that. But then that moment, I'd, I'd known that I'd represented Jesus well. Um, and there was something in his heart where he was like, ah, that's, that's foreign, that's different. And again, going back to Acts 4, he'd recognized um, that in that era of my life, I had been with Jesus. Um, and then 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. Again, another way to examine ourselves to see. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves? That Christ Jesus is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. So again, like looking at areas in your life and saying, speak into my life. I think it's difficult. Um, I, I think for me, I, I prefer not to examine myself because I know I'm deceitful. Um, and I'll probably lie to myself, but sitting down someone else and saying, someone who's honest and someone who's real um, and who wants the best for you and who wants to point you to Jesus and say, please speak to me. Am I reflecting Jesus in, in these areas? Um, and they can be honest with you. And I think that's such, such a beautiful thing um, that we can hold on to. Again, this is, this is not so someone can be a Christian 2.0, Christian 3.0, or look, look better. Uh, there's no Christian A and B class really that we would reflect as a body every single person would reflect um, something of Jesus um, and then yeah just this thing again about knowing how to to play the gospel knowing how to look like we Christians and everything is going well now I just want to mention again just you know the fact that we will have to give an account for everything that we've done with our lives everything that has actually been entrusted with us or to us um, and let's be a people found faithful. Let's be a people found faithful of, of having reflected him well. Um, I think it's so, so cool, um, just in my life, just to have seen how even unbelievers can recognize between someone who's really living for the Lord or just someone who's, who just calls themselves a Christian. Um, and that's majorly, majorly due to the secret place and intimacy with God, because anyone can talk a good talk. I think we can, like I said, I think we can very easily become... A Christianese people and, and know what to say and what to do and what, what looks right. But essentially, um, we want to look like Jesus. Um, and yeah, the only way to actually truly reflect him is if we know him and we know him deeply and we in the secret place, in our quiet times. Um, I was convicted about two years ago. I remember just jumping in worship. Like, I love, I love worship. I love sending it. Um, but I remember Jesus just saying, if your quiet time doesn't look like this, then you f you're just faking in front of anyone else. And I was like, but Jesus, I'm not faking. This is actually what I'm feeling. But I, he really spoke to me and he said, this is corporate, this is secret. Um, and, and if you have intimacy with me in the secret place, that should be the overflow that you see anywhere else in corporate. Um, and again, I think that's, that's the engine room. That's where it starts. It's, it's a relationship. It's 
yeah, really sitting with him and saying, Jesus, um, my life is completely laid down before you and, and speak to me. Um, I think I was thinking about it this morning. Is when, when we were younger, I don't think I, I realized that I could have a relationship with Jesus. I, I, yeah, my theology is probably quite interesting. I remember like thinking heaven was above space, like in, like in the physical. Um, but yeah, there were certain truths that really stuck with me. Um, and I think, I think this, is, this is really one of them. Uh, James 4 verse 8 says, draw, me in, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Um, and, and this drawing is really just my life surrendered before him and saying, God, here I am. Here I am, empty, again, without an identity, without a name. Um, but use me how you see fit. I'm, I'm a vessel. I'm a vessel for your kingdom. Um, yeah. Um, and again, I think this might have seemed to be a challenging message, but again, it's, it's all to reflect Jesus. It's all to reflect uh, who he is in our life. And as we reflect him, there's something in our heart that actually changes. By his grace, he gives us yeah, a part of that. Um, I, I think just thinking about worship, for example, when we worship Jesus, sometimes we get these feelings. Sometimes there's, there's just something in our spirit that's excited or that's, uh, that moves towards him. That actually, that's his grace. That shouldn't really be there, to be completely honest. Um, that's just him lavishing his love and saying, here you go, because our lives are supposed to be worshiping and glorifying him. Um, but in his grace, he says, this is the intimacy, this is the relationship um, that you can have with me. So yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, the gist of my message. Um, but again, I think this is something we constantly need to remind ourselves of um, in just knowing that we sons and daughters, um, and son, sons and daughters uh, reflect his kingdom. Um, and in order to reflect that, we, we really need to die to ourselves. Um, and there's a joy, there's a joy to that because there's so much fruit, so many people. I think if we look at this room, there's so many people who are standing here because of someone else. Um, because of someone else loving Jesus. Um, if, we, if we're not a light in the world and we're hiding this thing, um, then actually people won't get saved. People won't encounter um, the person of Jesus. And it's, so, it's such a beautiful gift. Like, I know there are guys who, who just walked with me in the past, um, and I don't see them very often, but I, I'm just so grateful. Like, I take bullets for those guys because they, they awaken me to something of the gospel. They awaken me and introduce me to Jesus. Um, and that's something I can be eternally grateful for. And so many people, so many people um, can, stand, can stand in their heads because of that. Um, yeah, Jesus, I, I just thank you for this time, God. I thank you just for the privilege of knowing you, Lord. I thank you just for your heart for us, uh, your kindness, your grace. Um, I thank you that your, your love is so amazing, Jesus. So amazing, God. I, yeah, Lord, I pray that even as, as we've shared some of these things, God, I pray that we'd never feel your, uh, like we can't do this because, Jesus, you've given us that grace. You've given us that power in your name. Um, but I pray that we'd never try and do these things in our own strength, God. But I pray that we'd really draw from you and really have your heart for this, Jesus. Yeah, so we thank you for this body. We thank you uh, just, yeah, for the saints that you want to equip, God. And we pray that you'd stir us on for so, so, so much more. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, and, and just something I felt to share a bit earlier. Um, yeah, it was just really this, this thing of priesthood of, of believers and us stepping out. I think priests I did mention it a bit earlier. Um, but every single person has a part to play in this body. 
Um, and I think sometimes we feel, you okay, the hectic Christians sit in the first three rows. But every single person in this body has a responsibility, actually. Every single person. Um, whether you're making tea, whether you're making coffee, whether you're putting on the fans, on worship, all of us are serving. Um, and, and, and that's actually our role. Like, that's, that's something God has for us. And again, it's, it's such a joy. It's such a privilege. Um, yeah, but I think sometimes we, we do get a bit shy or... Um, not feel qualified, I think that's, that's something we might, might also come to, but actually realizing that it's for us um, and it's for the benefit of his body. So really encourage you, step out in boldness, step out in you know, anything that, that the Lord will require of you. Um, and I think he really, really loves it when we're obedient children, even when it's difficult for us. Um, awesome. Cool, guys. It was really cool being with you guys. Um, super, 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 super lacquer. I really appreciate it. Um, really trust that the Lord would just continue the work that He's that He started here. Awesome. Cool. Is there anything else?